Hello, and welcome to this edition of Spotlight. I'll be your host, Rogan. If this is your first time checking out Spotlight, this is an offshoot of the Prognotes podcast, where we chat with some incredible artists and musicians in the progressive rock scene. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you to all of the Prognotes patrons for helping these episodes happen. Check out what the benefits are of becoming a patron at patreon.com prognotes. In this episode, we are chatting with Josh, Stewart, and Zade in a very rare full band appearance on Spotlight uh, from Axiom, who are getting ready to release their new EP, Soteria. Um, let's start off with you guys telling us a bit about yourselves. Who's going first? Cool. <laughs> Zade, you, you're up. You in uncomfortable silence. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Zade. I play guitar uh, in Axiom. Uh, I think that's me. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm Josh. I play drums in Axiom. Man, these, these guys are really getting to the point. Uh, I'm, I'm Stu, and I play bass in Axiom. And together, we are Axiom. <laughs> nice. Nice and succinct. There we go. <laughs> so, into these questions here. So, shortly after your debut EP, uh, the UK went into, like, hard lockdown for an extended period. So, how did that impact that momentum and creativity that you had going as a band like i know from speaking to like various artists that some like cracked down hard on writing and other projects that were more performance oriented groups like really just felt restricted through that time yeah i'd say um i'm not gonna say that we were lucky but it was just like it, we hit a natural point where we wanted to start writing some more stuff which helped us with the whole lockdown situation, it meant that we would actually kind of sit down and, and, and not be too worried that we're losing momentum, I would say. Um, but we found, or also we, uh, Zay found some technology that allowed us to kind of like jam uh, while we're all in our respective homes. And that kept the ability to kind of like write and kind of like, cause we, a lot of our stuff is kind of like written and starts off as jams. Um, and, and we do a lot of iterating and playing together, seeing how things feel. Um, and without using the internet like the way we have, I don't think we, would, we wouldn't have been able to finish anything really, um, at least to the degree that we have now. I'll let Zay take over and talk about the, the magic that he found. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll keep it brief, but for other musicians out there that, um, I mean, we still rehearse online. The band very rarely gets into a room physically, um, but we use some open source technology called Jamulus. Um, I actually started a whole hosting company called Melamax, uh, melamax.live, if you want to check it out. As long as you've got an, an audio interface and an Ethernet cable, you can play like you're in the room together. Um, it's a bit more like being in the studio together because obviously everything's kind of in here. Uh, but yeah, I think just to reiterate everything Josh said, really, uh, we we have always been quite a heavy gigging band. We only kind of came out of the rehearsal room to, to do a couple of shows and that turned into some really sick shows, opening for some some bands that we love. Um, we did our first EP, um, did some more shows. You're going to get the uh, the gist of it. And um, lockdown gave us the opportunity to just kind of quietly focus on writing without the distraction. As much as they're awesome of, of playing out live and doing shows. So yeah, it was actually quite nice being quite segmented in a sense. Like yeah. we, were, we were fully in gigging mode, and the, the lockdowns actually allowed us to be like, we can't. We, there's, there's no distraction. All you can do is write, and that actually worked out quite nicely for us. Yeah, if we didn't have that technology that Josh and Zayli just talked about, I think we would have really struggled. Because I mean, previously, 
our process of writing was sort of, you know, it, it was it was in a room together, but then we'd take it to say Logic Pro, and maybe like we would sort of record stuff at our own homes and send it to each other. But you know, if it wasn't for sort of Jamulus and Melomax, we couldn't have actually played it in real time together, which honestly just transformed it completely for us and to the point where that's still how we operate as a band today and i don't think that would have happened if it weren't for lockdown yeah sweet and you all put out your uh, lockdown sessions ep like right in the early days of the pandemic too uh, like october 25th so and that was like right before sort of the second major lockdown in the uk i believe uh what did it take to like put that together and what were like the motivations slash concerns behind it well well so we almost completely got away without gigging we should have said because um both tech fest uk metal tech fest and arc tangent um as a lot of other festivals wanted to do online versions um especially in that first year when it kind of felt like it would just be this year like we it would be one year and it would be sort of done so like we'll have a digital festival so we thought, okay, how can we do this a little bit differently? Because um, everyone's kind of stuck in a situation where they're putting them, their phones in front of themselves and essentially miming along to tracks. And obviously we'd been using this technology. It was still kind of new to us, but we were a few weeks in and we thought, shall we try it? So one of the coolest aspects of the tech is it produces multi-channel recordings. So the live and lockdown sessions were the tracks that we played for TechFest and Art Tangent. Um, and we basically sent the stems to our, the guy that mixed Metathesis for us, a guy called Mike. It, it's kind of rough in that uh, it's an electric drum kit. I think it was a stereo feed of the drums, guitar and bass as they were processed. So there were no stems, no kind of quantizing. You'll hear it's a little rough around the edges yeah. and places. Yeah. Um, and you'll hear some of the artifacting from the internet technology because Stu's... Um, got a potato from modem i think i said in the videos <laughs> and still does <laughs> yeah still does it's pretty horrendous i i on, on that note like it, it's kind of incredible that this technology even works for me at home mm. because i live in like an apartment building where there's just like a copper wire a single copper wire into this building split between everybody in here oh, and the only way i get this technology to work is by turning off everything else and plugging essentially my laptop directly into this modem and only then does it just about work, <laughs> but it's great. Well, that's kind of like it's kind of it means it's, it means that EP is quite a genuine snapshot of what was happening at the time. Like the only way this EP could have come about, really, is it's the only way we could have released or recorded something was this way. So it is kind of it's what we called the lockdown EP was just because yeah, it was very much a product of the lockdown. Awesome. So into more of your songwriting aspect so your medium of choice thus far has been the ep format uh is there a reason you have preferred the shorter format up to this point like releasing in like the more modern single format or like being able to put more work into it to make it perfect across less music i was basically gonna say we take ages to write music and so we'd love to do an album we really wanted to do an album but we just take so long to write the I mean, uh, yeah, we we could go down like just the singles route, but like EP just makes sense given that we want to release stuff to the world and we don't want to have to wait to write a whole album because that's going to take probably like five years or something. And by that point, kind of the songs at the end of the album, I like to think would be significantly better than the songs at the beginning of the album because we are still a relatively new band, right? We're still evolving, we're still growing. And I think what we've sort of, what we will be releasing in Soteria is sort of, 
a level up from Metathesis. And I think it would be quite mismatched if all that was on like one album. Uh, along the same things, I mean, Metathesis was an odd one because I don't think we actually were thinking about a release when we went out <clears throat> kind of to the world. Um, but after a few shows and just so many people saying, where can we stream your stuff? Where can we buy your stuff? We were kind of like, maybe we should actually record some of this stuff. And um, Serendipity, the guy Mike that recorded it for us, um, Serendipity kind of intervened and we played a show with him in his band at that time. And we'd had a couple of rough experiences with studios that um, either weren't set up as well as they should have been um, or weren't the right people for us to be working with. Um, and we were a bit jaded at that point. And Mike was like, listen, I really want to record you. I want to do it live. And I want to, yeah, just do do as, did us a huge favor kind of thing. So we kind of thought, all right, let's give this guy a go. And um, we were very doubtful about live tracking, especially in prog. Everything tends to be kind of immaculate, one instrument at a time, that kind of thing. Um, but it's kind of turned into the way, at least for now, we, we record. We get in a room together and play. It might take nine takes, but we get there eventually. <laughs> nine is very underestimated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is a, that, like that's a very interesting process to go about that because, like, especially in like more of the like prog metal towards like sort of tech side of that, it's all very like technical mm -hmm. and tight normally, and to to live track that, you have to be like very like in the pocket on your game to to get a good take like that but also like there's a certain energy that comes from that live recording as well yeah that was the the big thing that, that mike was saying was just to capture the energy that he saw when he saw us live um he felt like the only way to capture that would have been would be to live tracking and i think that i think it is i think it's right essentially what we got out of my thesis from that live tracking definitely elevated the material now Axiom is an instrumental band. Uh, what are some of the special considerations that you take when composing without words or vocals? And was there a time where you were considering having a voice in the music or has instrumental music always sort of been the, the goal? It's a, good, it's a good question. I mean, I, I think originally we were an instrumental band because none of us could sing. And we sort of went, went into it just like, well, I think... The, the, yeah, we were sort of jamming and we enjoyed what we were making and it's music that we were all like loving and sort of proud of and kind of putting our hearts into it and it sort of felt right i guess um but funny enough i guess more recently we have considered what we would be doing i guess for our next release and whatever form that is and what other instruments be they vocals or whatever we would incorporate into kind of the next chapter i guess of the band before Stu joined, there was a short window where me and Josh were working with a different bass player and then a smaller gap where we had no bass player. Um, but we were trying vocalists out. Um, we kind of got to the point where <clears throat> we were without a vocalist and without a bass player. Stu joined the band and I think we didn't sort of forget to get a singer, but we were kind of like, do you know, this band's kind of for all of us. We just want to kind of level up our musicianship. And, and write some stuff and not having a vocalist at that point and this point is both freeing and terrifying because you do have to maintain that interest you know a lot of the time in a vocal fronted band you can play verses and choruses and they're the same you let the vocal 
put the variations in. There might be some small flourishes from the instrumentalists. But, yeah, we have to work a lot harder at that. So, yeah, the challenges, and I think we're still learning a lot about them, are um, retaining a kind of song structure that people would recognize as a verse chorus bridge kind of thing but also not sort of strictly adhering to the, the maybe pop structure we're a lot more cognizant of things like melody and hooks than we used to be in dynamics um and they are quite important weapons i think in the instrumentalists arsenal and i think for us something that we lean into a lot more a lot of progressive instrumental bands are kind of guitar-led in terms of the melody stuff. And we actually lean a lot into Stu and the bass, um, more so on Soteria than um, Metathesis. But it's trying to make sure we're true to that at all times, if we can. We, we are a guitar-y band. There is a guitar in it. But um, we're not Intervals or Pliny. We definitely take um, inspiration from that, but it's not a guitar band, if that makes sense. And with that, the kind of, there's, there's the added difficulty of it's a three piece. There's one guitar and one bass, so we do have there's there's a lot of stuff that we've ended up thinking sounds great or, or really liked, but then when you actually kind of like properly track it, it's like it's it's missing something because the guitar's having to do, like both the guitar and bass have to fill out all the sound, um, and uh, it, there's a a lot of consideration that goes into writing parts to make sure that we're not like leaving kind of a big gaping hole in sort of like in part of the mix and stuff like that um tough that's the tough part for sure. part. yeah i think i, I think yeah and, and fundamentally like we see ourselves as a live band and we want to sort of stay true to that so it's kind of how do we write music that can sort of you know fill out the kind of the, the space with just our instruments that we can still recreate live and actually you know we don't we don't Historically, we haven't wanted to put like loads of layers on because we're like, well, we'd have to have like a backing track live, and we've sort of not wanted to do that. I just um, made it really so difficult. That for has ourself. been a big consideration when writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Ah, oh, well, what inspired this latest EP? Uh, your press says that it was spurred by like the continuous. 2021 lockdowns and the emotions involved with that but i was hoping you might be able to like break down some more specific themes revolving around each track it's one of those things that we only kind of realized it towards the end when we kind of were recording or like listen to them to listen to the songs back that there is this real kind of like darker undertone to everything you know it's not a it's not like a bit like there are some parts and some songs on, on Meth Thesis that are kind of like a bit more uplifting and, and kind of happy sounding. Whereas this, there's a definite kind of like melancholy going throughout everything that I think is because of the, the nature of the lockdown. Yeah, I, I sort of tend to seed a lot of the initial ideas for stuff as, as a kind of riff writer. They never end up where I start them, but um, that's kind of the beauty and the fun of the process. But Hidden was actually Josh's idea initially. Um, I think we talked about just that being around how you can kind of cart, you know, emotional, physical baggage around uh, and everyone has it and it's hidden. Um, Blood in the Water was about taking two things that are intrinsically sort of good and pure and putting them together and it being a really bad idea. <laughs> um, and that actually came from a relationship that was breaking down at the time. Uh, remind me what the other songs are called. Patience. Yeah, so Patience was actually about the writing process and my general lack of patience. I'm quite an impatient person. Um, but also at the same time, um, my 
godmother who um, passed away at the end of um, lockdown had just kind of um, succumbed to cancer, uh, late stage cancer. And I was seeing how patients played a role, you know, through different kind of stages and passages of life, I suppose. So it was kind of a double entendre, is that the right term? It is now. I, I, I butchered <laughs> the word patience in terms of the medical sense and the, and the just being patient. Um, what's the other song on the EP, dudes? Pyre? Pyre. Oh, Pyre. Pyre. Yeah, so Pyre's actually an acronym for play your role. Um, and it's it's uh, it sounds very uh, pompous, but it's about kind of um, a funeral for your ego. And it's this thing of actually the strength that can come from just sticking to what you do best. Some of that is a little bit about, I guess, the band itself, because each of us play a little bit of guitar or a little bit of bass. None of us play drums but Josh, actually. Um, but there's this thing where it's kind of like stick to what you do best. <laughs> um, mm. And there's a strength in that and just sort of embrace it and don't worry about um, trying to sort of push things that you aren't good at, you know, trust in the people around you, that kind of thing. But there's also, there's also an element, I think, that I've taken from that, which was like, that it's almost like a don't overplay kind of things. Like if, if the song, if, if, if the song feels really good playing the most basic drum beat or the most basic, like just a basic chord, do that. You, know? you don't want to, you don't have to, impress everyone around with your technical chops if the song can be served by just some real kind of like just some um, quality um but basic playing and i think that i think that's what i've taken from that one especially there was a missed opportunity in there for you all to just rotate instruments around <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah maybe uh, just next, stick next, to your next role album, and then we'll everybody just yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're yeah, have to yeah. Next one. yeah next one we'll, we'll do my that my legs don't work with my arms there's no way you're getting on a drum kit I no i'm it. the same is is i can work both my legs at the same time and both my arms at the same time but when you try and put all four of them together it's just a mess yeah a nervous breakdown ensues yeah tangle into a pretzel well you all are <laughs> busting through the music industry walls kool-aid man style to play a lot of pretty big festivals this year uh uk tech fest having already passed at the time of this interview uh an arc tangent coming up before this episode's release uh how does it feel gaining all this traction back after the pandemic and performing in front of large audiences again preposterous yeah <laughs> <Terrifying>. <laughs> Imposter oh, yes. syndrome. Yeah. Uh. It's a great deal of that. It's a great deal of that. But I mean, um, it feels. I mean, it feels really good. Like our, our tangent was the festival that we actually formed at. Um, there was a point where, basically, I think, I, I think we, me and they just turned to Stu and was like, "Do you want to be in a band?" I think Stu, Stu had been in Japan for the last few years. And he'd just come back, came to our tangent, and was like, "Do you want a band? It would be great." Um, so just to, so it was always like a. It, it almost felt like a sort of like an impossible dream, like. We'll, we'll know we've made it when we get to play Arc's Hand and all sort and then it happened and it was well, it's about to happen and it's well, I, I, I'm pretty sure so my memory of this as well is that uh, you know at the inception of the band we did sort of say what were our goals as a band and we're all kind of in agreement that like if we ever play Arc's Tangent, we've made it and we'll quit then we got invited 2020 <laughs> and we were like man we're going to play this festival and then quit but then of course the pandemic happened so Arctangent never happened. So we're like, well, this is the universe's way of saying you guys can't quit just yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is what we did. Um, but it is, it is, I don't know. Um, 
It doesn't feel real yet. I mean, we've played Tech Fest and that was amazing. And we got a pretty decent, like the, the audience response was good, but playing out to like the biggest audience we've played, well, yeah, I think everyone summed it up by saying terrifying imposter syndrome, and preposterous really. Like we're totally grateful for the opportunity, but um, I still haven't got out of the proper headspace of like our first ever gig playing in a small pub somewhere. That's still where I like, I feel like I'm at. And then suddenly <laughs> being invited to these shows, it's a, like an incredible opportunity, yeah. Well, that's all the questions that I have for you guys. Uh, it was great having you all on to discuss sort of your, your mindset and your process and, and the upcoming EP. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yeah, man. Yeah, massive thank you for having us on this. It's been great. No worries. I'll have to touch base with you guys down the road, see what you're up to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. We would like to thank you so much for listening to this edition of Spotlight. If you enjoyed the episode or learned something new, please subscribe. If you'd like to hear more interviews and get more prog rock content, you can become a special Prog Notes patron at patreon.com slash prognotes. Join that if you want to ask some of your favorite artists' questions to be featured in the episode. You can find all of our content, including our socials, in the episode description. Join us next time as we discover the past, present, and future of prog rock. The next spotlight should be up on November 17th, and Destin and Drew will be back on the Prognotes feed on November 5th. See you on Discord. Thanks.